brings so many great things into my life. Um, probably the most important thing is just discipline. Um, to always work hard, um, especially when it, you're always getting told no or that's not good enough, and you just have to keep doing and persevering and just know that it's all worth it in the end. And also, you know, I think it brings um, a lot of trust into um, the different kind of relationships you build within the dance world. Not only do you have a dance partner you dance with, but you're also dancing with other people in your company or your group and you have to trust them as well that you know they're able to put in their hard work and that they have your back as well and you're all trying to work together to put on this great production good morning to everybody in here and good morning to those who are watching around the country and around the world I do want to say, you know, a few weeks ago, uh, we started a, a series on uh, hearing from God and, and being led by His Spirit. But if you've ever been on a, on a walk, a hike up in the, the mountains, and, and all of a sudden it has that, you know, something you can go off, and it has an overlook over here, and you don't know whether to take it or not, but then you, you, you end up taking it, and there's this spectacular, spectacular view, and it's just absolutely beautiful. And you realize, man, I'm glad we did that. Well, we started a, a, a little, it was supposed to be a two-week message on dancing with God. And we did the first week, but then all of a sudden there was this thing called, what was it again? Oh yeah, a hurricane that kind of threw that, uh, that off schedule for a second. So we did another message just about uh, conquering the storms in our, in our life. But then uh, we couldn't go straight back to the dancing with God because there was something that was a timing thing with something that's going to be at the very end of this message that you're going to really, really, really be blessed by. We talked about uh, the, the first week about dancing with God. We, we compared our dance, uh, a dance with, uh, with our intimacy with God relationship. Because if we don't have a strong relationship, we're really never going to hear from God the way we need to, the way we, we, we want to. And we talked about this, that the first thing when it comes to a dance is we have to accept the invitation. You can have the greatest dancer in the world, and you can have the, and, and they may give you the greatest invitation, but until you, until you receive that invitation, you're never going to get on the dance floor, right? We have to receive that invitation. And, and Jesus said this, he said, behold, I stand at the door and knock, and anyone who hears my voice, hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and have a relationship with. And we said that, yeah, uh, of course that's dealing with salvation. And we use that verse a lot to lead people to, to Christ, saying God's knocking at the door of your heart. And it's really, really true. But, all, but in context, that's talking to Christians. In other words, this, that Jesus gives us that opportunity to receive him as our Lord and Savior. And I want us to hear this. If you've never done that, if you've never received him, if you ever, you've never said yes to that invitation, it's really you've said no to that invitation at this point. And it's as easy as just saying, Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and, and Savior. But the other thing is, every day of our life, Jesus gives us an invitation to dance with him, to have a relationship with him, to, to walk with him, to, 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 to hear from him, to do relationship, to do life together. Every time we do that, but we have to receive that invitation. We have to answer that invitation every day. We also said that if you ever learn to dance, at first it's really awkward. And if you ever learn a new dance, maybe you're really good at dancing, but learning a new dance, it's really awkward, it's really weird, it just doesn't feel right at the start. And every time God wants to take us deeper, and by the way, God wants to take everybody that's hearing my voice right now deeper. Wherever you are in the spectrum of maybe this, you're just checking out this Jesus thing, or maybe you've been walking with God for decades, God wants to take you deeper. But the thing is, as we do that, it's always going to feel a little awkward. Even as God takes us deeper as a church, always feels a little awkward, but it's always worth it at the end. 
And we're going to take a look at some other things of, of some facts about dancing. And the first thing is this, only one person can lead at a time. You always have to have that one dominant leader because if not, it's that old saying, there's too many cooks in the kitchen because it just doesn't work. Everyone has their own opinion of how it should go, what needs to happen. And when you have that, it just it's not going to work because you're trying to do it your way. You know, and you're not listening to your partner. You're not um, listening to his advice or what he's trying to do. And so usually the guy, since he's got to be in control as a partner, I just have to let it go and let him do his thing so that the lift actually works. Because if not, it just collision is horrible. (laughs) Obviously, in our dance, who's supposed to be in the lead? You know, if you've, got the, if you've got the title Lord of Lords and King of Kings, then you deserve to, to be the one who's in charge and leading, leading the dance and everything. And in fact, I want to say this, until we've settled the lordship issue in our life and said, Jesus, I get off the throne, you're on the throne, you're the Lord and Savior of my life, until we do that, we're going to be bumping up against God, we're going to be stepping on his toes. We're, the dance that could be is never going to happen if we don't let him lead. And have you ever wondered this? Have you ever wondered how Jesus was able to do so many amazing things? How Jesus was able to do in three years more than any other human being has done in a lifetime? Have you ever wondered what is the secret? What was his secret? I think one big reason is he says in John 5, 19, he says this, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. In other words, Jesus the son was able to do so many amazing things is because he let the father lead. He said, God, you're the one in charge. You're the one that's leading and I'm just going to follow whatever I see you doing, whatever I hear you saying, that's what I'm going to say. That's what I'm going to do. And I, I remember a few months ago, we had some people, we were uh, in, a, in a staff meeting and, and for some reason there was some swing music going on somewhere and, and I just grabbed one of, the, one of the people on staff that I know loves to dance and we started to, to dance a little but then all of a sudden I realized that I'm, I'm trying to lead and, and she's doing her own thing. She's, she's doing a dance of her own and she's doing lead too and we're just bumping up and I remember finally saying, let me lead and she goes, oh yeah, 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 I'm sorry, you're right, I always do that, I always do that. And I wonder how many times God has ever said that to me, to us. Let me lead. Let me lead. I got this. I know where we're going. I know how to do this dance better than you. Just let me lead. And an example of that, a poster, the poster children in the Bible for, for letting God lead would be Abraham and Sarah. There was a time that God said that you're going to have babies, you're going to have a child, even though they were way past childbearing age, and, and also she was barren. And, and God said this anyway, he said, you're going to have a child. And so they waited, they heard that promise, and they waited, and they waited, and they waited on that promise, and God didn't show up when they were expecting God to show up. Ever have that happen? God didn't show up in the way God was supposed to show up in their mind, so they decided that they were going to help God out. You ever done that? You ever helped God out and said, you know, we're going we're gonna to help you out, God. It's not going quite the way we want or the timing, so we're going we're gonna to help you out. Well, how, how did that work out? So Sarah said, here, you're going to have my handmaiden, Hagar. You can have a child with her. And that's what happened. And, and the result of that, the result of them doing their own dance as opposed to just going with God's dance and they're trying to lead instead of God, 
the, uh, the child, Ishmael, was born who has been a thorn in the flesh, just like, uh, like God said and promised in the word to, to God's people throughout generations. If we ever try to dance on our own, it doesn't work out the way we were hoping. And we could all, be, all probably give testimony of how we tried to be Sarah and we tried to be Abraham and we tried to have God. We did our thing and then said, God, here, please bless it. We're going to go ahead and do our own dance, but please bless my dance, God. Uh, Somebody several years ago wrote me this, several years ago. When I would dance with someone, like my dad, I would always try to lead even though they would tell me that he was the one to lead. It resulted in my dad and I going in opposite directions or inevitably me stepping on his foot. If I had just relaxed and trusted him, given into his lead, it would have been fine and we would have had a smooth dance. That kind of reminds me of my relationship with God. If I would just let him lead and be in control, everything would be Okay. The other thing is dancing with God requires us drawing close to him. Remember a few weeks ago we showed the, the clip from the Titanic and, and showed that Jack, the, one of the words that he said is he said, in order for us to do this dance, you have to be close to me. And drawing close is, an expense, is a special part of the, of, of the dance. And see, here's, here's two people that are, that are at arm's length. And how well does that work? When you're at arm's length trying to do a, a close dance, trying to do a ballroom dance, it just doesn't work. It's, it's awkward. It just doesn't feel right. There's, there's not this way. But then if you, if, instead of, of, of being at arm's length when they go close, it's a whole different kind of dance. And here's the thing, too. A lot of times, uh, how many times do we try to to follow God at arm's length, you know? There was this time in, in the Bible where Judas betrayed Jesus in the garden. And, he's, uh, and, and, and all the disciples, they leave him. They abandon Jesus. And then he's taken to Caiaphas' house, the high priest Caiaphas. And then there's one of my least favorite verses in the whole Bible. And it says this, And Peter followed him at a distance. And I thought, if there's a definition, a description of, of what happens with most people, it seems like, in the United States who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ. It seems like they follow at a, at a distance, almost at arm's length. They want Jesus in their life because especially if they need him, they want him close enough if they need him, but they don't want him close enough that he really affects how their decisions and affects how they live and affects their morality and affects those things. They kind of want God on retainer. You know what I mean? They kind of want God on retainer. They want him close if they need him, but they don't want him meddling in the rest of their life. They want to make their own decisions. They want to follow from a distance. But God has way, way, way more in store for us than that. Listen to these verses where God beckons us. He said this, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance and faith. And James says this, come near to God and he will come close to you. Isn't that beautiful? And God's saying, look, I don't want, to, I don't want us to, to be at arm's length. I want to be as close. I want to be as, because that's the only way, just like Jack said, that's the only way we can do this dance when we're close together. Another thing is dancing with God requires intentional sensitivity. It's amazing the partnership that you build with someone because your life is kind of in his hands. And so I can look at Sam and even when I place my hand um, and his, if I'm a little nervous and I'm a shaky, he can feel that. And so he, he's able to really grab hold and calm me down and, you know, 
give me that reassurance, but also like if I'm off my leg, then sometimes he'll just put his hand like right on my right side and push me back into the direction I'm supposed to go or even like leading backwards if I'm starting to go too fast and I'm not keeping up with his timing, he can put his hand on my back and slowly, you know, push me back. So I'm slowing down and just the slightest touches let me know like, okay, I need to go this way. I need to go that way. I'm moving too quickly or maybe I'm not moving enough and he needs to give me a little nudge or a little push to go a little faster. So just these little things. And sometimes it's really hard to overlook if you're constantly thinking about like I need to do this I need to do that and you're not trusting him then you can't feel those cues and it's important to stop be in the moment and really listen and to see the eye contact and be in that moment and trust him because that's when I can get those cues to lead in the right direction I love what Kristen says when she says she strives just to, to be listening for his, his, uh, his slightest whisper, to be, to be sensitive to his, to his touch, to even that, that look. And man, I want that in my life. I want that so bad that God, all he has to do is give me that look. You know what I'm talking about? You know, your, your mom or your dad can give you the look and, you, and it says a thousand words, good or bad, right? I mean, your, your, your spouse can give you the look and it can either mean uh-oh or it can mean uh-huh. You know, it can mean, it can mean different things, right? I remember my friend, we used to play football together all the time. We'd have pickup games and, and he'd be quarterback and I'd be wide receiver and he'd, give me this, he'd always give me this look. And I knew what that meant. That meant I was going to go 10 yards, turn around, he was going to give me a pump fake and then I was going to take off and almost all Always it was open in, in that. Just that look. But can you imagine if we were that sensitive to God that all he had to do was just whisper? All he had to do was just, just, just touch us and say, move in this direction, do this, say this, don't say this, do that. And I remember one time, you know, I, man, I know I, I need to do this so much better in life. I remember one day I did it okay. I was, I was actually in England. I was in, uh, in Epworth, England, where, and we had taken a tour of where John Wesley was, uh, was born and where he was, where he was raised. And, and then we went to eat in the, the pub near there. And I remember just standing in line in the, in the pub, and I, it just felt like God, it, it, you ever have that time where it just feels like he's doing this to you, you know what I mean? And he just kind of pushed me towards this guy who was by himself, and I just started talking to him, and, and, and just, uh, just, we had a, had a good time. And then we went and sat down, and all of a sudden, a couple minutes later, that guy came and started standing next to our table, and we just talked to him and had a great time. And, and we, at the end, it was one of those times, again, God just tapped me on the shoulder as he was about to leave, and I said, hey, hey, can we pray for you about anything? Is there anything going on in your life? And he shared with us something that was going on in his life, and, uh, and he just had this, you know, just a beautiful time of, uh, of prayer. And then so we were about to leave. We were out the, th- out the, the door, and man, I'm telling you, God, this time, it was, it was like this, and he pushed me. I'm like, we're going, and he goes, no, get back in there. And I remember I got to share the gospel with this man in front of the urinals in a restroom in Epworth, England, and got to lead him to Christ in that. And I, if I woke up that day thinking, you know what, I'm going to lead somebody in front of the urinals to Christ today, probably would not have gone, gone there. But it was just, again, just that trying to hear that sensitivity. And probably a thousand times I missed that voice. I want to be so sensitive to the voice that all he has to do is whisper. All he has to do is, uh, is touch. When, uh, when Samuel was a little kid, he did this. He said these words. He said, speak, Lord. Your servant is, is listening. 
And can you imagine again, if we just came, the reason he was hearing from God and Eli was not hearing from God at that same time was because one was had the posture of listening and saying, speak, Lord, I'm listening. I want to hear. And if we come to God, can you imagine if your child came up to you and said, dad, mom, I'm listening. Please tell me what I need to do. In your wildest mind, would you not tell them what they need to, to share with them a blessing, share with them what they needed to do, leading them, guiding them in anything. If they came with that attitude, God is the same way. And I love that what she talked about, the touch of correction, that if she's going slightly the wrong way or the right direction, all he has to, wrong direction, all she has to do is just he touches her and moves her back in that, that place. And again, I want to be there. When God, when I blow it, when I do something, say something I shouldn't do, that all he has to do is just that touch and go, come on, let's do it this way this time. Brush it off and say, come on. And we, and, and we go on from, from there, that it doesn't have to be a wandering, that all it has to be is just a little touch. Or even that before I even do something stupid, that all he has to do is say, come on, don't say that, don't do that, and brings us, uh, brings us back. Rad- uh, dancing also requires radical trust. It's in his eyes. When we first get on stage, I can look him directly in the eyes, and it's that sense of calm, like, I have you. I'm not going to drop you. I have you. I'm not going to let you fall. If Even if we mess up, a lot of times the audience doesn't even know, and it's how you recover from those little hiccups in the dance. And that's what's so great is even, like, if I'm a little shaky or if maybe I trip on accident, like, he can grab my hand, look at me, and it's in his eyes. He's just like, no, I have you. And you have to listen to that because he does, and that's what a partnership's all about. You have to, lead, you know, give a 100 and. 10% of that control and it's really scary to give someone else all that control especially when you're in a very vulnerable state but when you do it's great and it's like we talked about before it's the little touches it's the eye contact it's just even when we're on stage he might whisper a little something to me and you know no one else will be able to hear it it's just for me but just that little whisper of like hey do this it's okay calm down you have this smile and it's just really reassuring because you know it's my best friend on stage with me and um, it's when I can relinquish that control and I give him my trust, it's wonderful what can happen. You know, the, the female dancer uh, just shows an incredible amount of, uh, of trust, doesn't she? Because she's going through life backwards. She has no idea where she's going. She has to trust her partner to take her. In fact, I remember one dancer said this to me one time, said, said you have to trust completely that he's not going to take you off stage or into the orchestra pit. And I thought, what a beautiful thing. Isn't that true? But, she, but here they trust a person that, don't miss this, could blow it at any time, right? And could accidentally put them into the orchestra pit. And sometimes we struggle to trust the God who never will blow it, never can blow it, by definition can't mess, can't mess up. And I think about this too is, uh, is there's, we, can do, we can do one of three things. When we're going backwards, because let's say it, we're going through life backwards, right? We don't know where we're going. We've never been this way before. We don't know, we don't know our future, but here's the great thing. Our, God, our dance partner, God, he knows the future. He's already in our future. He knows what is best for us. But here's the weird thing. We can do one of three things. We can either, number one, we can either go backwards and be looking the whole time of oh, where is he taking me? Where is he taking me? What's he doing? Or we can spend the whole time berating him, telling God what he's supposed to really be doing, what we should be doing, and I don't know where I'm going, so here, you better do it this way because I can't see where I'm going. And I need to be in control, and I need to be knowing which way I'm going before I say yes to it. Or we can just rest in his arms, and we can trust in him that he's going to, to take us to the right place. And I love that. She says she looks in his eyes, 
and she trusts that his, she has, he has his best, her best interest in, uh, in mind. And, you know, something I thought of, too, I've never, never really thought of this. Uh, we can either spend time, our whole time, resisting God or resting in his arms. And I thought of this, too. It's a whole matter of perspective, that the, that, that the person who's dancing, if you're, it's trust because, because you don't have the right perspective, do you? We can't see where we're going. I remember one time I was in Daytona Beach, Florida, and I was, a, I was a teenager, and I loved to body surf, absolutely loved to body surf. And one time I'm out there, and the waves were just fantastic, and I was out there with some guy I didn't even know. I uh, just happened to be out there at the same time, and all of a sudden these fish, hundreds of fish about this big just started hitting us with wave after wave. And we're just looking at each other, and we're cracking up, and we think this is the funniest thing ever. And then all of a sudden from both sides, two lifeguards go... And so we have no idea, and we come up, and we have no idea what we're doing wrong. We said, what was the deal? And said, there was a big shark right near you guys, and that's why the fish were going crazy. And I thought, you know, from our vantage point, we couldn't see a thing. But he had a higher perspective, and he could see everything. And can we trust God's higher perspective on things? Can we trust God that he's, that he's got, when he says what to do about life, that it's the right way? In fact, think about this. I thought about this last night. Never occurred to me before. If you ever think the, the man's right step is the woman's left step, which seems completely backwards to her at all times. And can you imagine this? And in fact, it says this in the Bible, that, that, that everything that we think in this world, it seems like is the way to do things, it's not the way to do things. God says this, if you want to be, be great, be, be, be small. If you want to be number one, be the least. If you want to receive, then give. If you want to find life, lose your life. Give your life away. Everything's backwards. In fact, God says this, that, that basically everything that we do in culture is going to be opposite of what God says is, is important. The way, our, the way our culture views what success, what true success is in this world, is different than the way God would say that. Well, we say what, what, is, what is right and what is wrong most of the time is in our culture is different than what God would, would say that. What we think is, is a value, what we think of, 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 of life, of love, of sex, of marriage, of anything like we can say. In fact, Jesus, God says this. He says this in Luke chapter 16, what is highly valued among people is detestable in God's sight. First Samuel 16, God does not see the same way that people see. People look at the outside of a person, but the Lord looks at the, uh, at the heart. And I just want to say this too. Can you imagine if uh, parents have a different perspective than the kids? And, and if you're a kid in here, just understand that, that your, your parents see things from a different perspective. When you were, you know, you're three years old, you knew, you believed you knew everything about it. You th- thought you knew everything about life. And then you grow up and you're 10, you realize, man, I knew nothing when I was three. And, and the same thing there, that sometimes our parents can see things because they've been there. And they may see things about a relationship that you may not see because you're not in that and you don't have the perspective of time and, and life that they do. And maybe, maybe about what, it, what, what's important and being respectful and being on time and being things like that that may not seem that important but it seems important to them because they have a different perspective. And sometimes we just need to trust our parents' perspective as well. And for heaven's sakes, we need to trust God's perspective because it's always going to be the right thing in, uh, in life. And finally, dancing with God requires bold surrender. You're putting all this trust into your partner, but you have to do it because if not, you're holding back. And if you hold back, then you're not giving 110%, so you can never get the full potential of what the dance could be or whatever the plan could be. Um, 
And so it's scary. It's kind of like when you're on a roller coaster and you're going up the hill and you know that hill's on the other side, but you just have to let go and just trust like he's not going to leave me off the stage because if I go, he's going with me. It's a little chaotic, but if you, once you let go and you just really put all of your self into it, into that partnership, then that's when you get to see the full effect of what you're trying to do, the beauty of the dance. You can, that's when new stuff happens, new artistry happens. And until you really can abandon that, like control, that's the only way to get it. So it's, it's scary, but it's so worth it at the end. It's just hard when you're in it, it's hard to see it until afterwards. It's scary. And a dance, the partnership, the trust, the discipline, um, it all comes together. If not for all of these things, you practicing, you um, trusting your partner, you wouldn't be able to get the same effect. Um, it just wouldn't work out. It wouldn't be as beautiful. It would just be like almost like you're going to the routine. And I think it's a lot about your faith and your trust. You know, sometimes you... You don't know where you're going. You're not in control. You're spiraling out of control. But if you just stop and you listen and if you truly trust God, then he's going to show you the way that you're supposed to go. And he's going to lead you to something that you couldn't have even planned on. And you have to be, you know, disciplined enough, you know, to have those times to do your devotionals, to have quiet time with God. Because if not, you also miss those cues of what maybe he's trying to tell you, like he's speeding you up. He's slowing you down. He's trying to lead you right or left. And unless you are constantly having that relationship with God, you're not going to know it. And that's what you have to build that relationship. So you can put 110% in, you can, you know, trust uh, fully and not hold anything back. And, um, it's amazing because it's the end product and we don't even know the end product. That's what's so awesome is that we don't know how great it's going to be because maybe we're not even there yet. But as soon as you let go, you're going to get there and you're going to look back and you're going to be like, wow, that was amazing. I didn't even know it at the time. Like, it's so cool where God led me. I don't even need to say anything after that. She's just incredible. Um, something too. I remember one time when I was when I was growing up. You, you know, I'm pretty adventurous. But one thing I, I could never do was do a backflip. I don't know what it was on a trampoline, on a you know, on a on a diving board. And I remember every time, sometimes even on a high dive, I'd be sitting there and I'd go and I'd be ready. And every time I would chicken out halfway through. Now here's the thing I found out: if you chicken out halfway through of a backflip, it's never going to work out right. Right. You're either going to do a backflip, I mean a back bust or a, or a belly flop. There's, there's not going to be anything. It's not going to turn out good. And here's the thing that's weird is I thought the, the reason I stopped and didn't do it full, full throttle is because I thought I'd get hurt if I did it. In reality, it was when I didn't go full throttle, that's when I got hurt. And the same thing with, with, with my walk with Jesus. You know, our walk with Jesus, it's not when we sell out. It's not when we go full in that we get hurt. It's when we, it's when we play around. In fact, I think sometimes the most miserable people in the world are Christians who have God at a distance. It's because they have too much of the world in them to be happy in God and too much of God in them to be happy in the world, and they're just miserable every which, every which way. And so, you know, what, what she was saying is just, if we can trust a human being and just sell out to, to that person knowing they're not going to drop us, how much, even though they could... Believing they're not going to, how much more can we sell out to, to God? And here, I want to say this in just a positive way. I, I love dogs. I've had a, had a dog most of my life. And almost every 
dog that I've ever had I've truly, truly enjoyed. All of them except a dog named Dakota. Dakota was a, he was a, a Cairn Terrier. If you don't know what a Cairn Terrier is, think Toto, okay, on the, on the Wizard of Oz. And, and, and I, you know, I trained him. He, he did, you know, he was able to do tricks. He was everything. Inside, he was just a great dog. But outside, holy smokers, man. He just became a totally different dog. I could not keep him on a leash. He was just pulling everything. I could not, no matter what I did. And, and I could never take him off a leash because it took half the day to get him back any, anywhere. It was miserable to take, him, to take him outside. Now, I wanted to take him wonderful places, but because of that, because of all the stuff, and I'm sure there's some of you that could have done a great job and trained him, and I'm sure the dog whisperer could have done that. I couldn't do anything with him there. And it, it affected us both. It affected me because it was frustrating. I didn't want to take him any place. And it affected him because he did not, was not able to go a lot of the places that I wanted to take him. Now, I want to think about another dog that I had, and his, his, uh, her name was, was Yogi. Yogi was a black lab, and Yogi was incredible. Yogi was somebody that, that, uh, that, that just always was attentive, always was listening to what I had to say, and, and I, all I had to do was the slightest thing, and, and Yogi would, would respond to, uh, to that. And Yogi and I would go running almost every day. I'd take her off the leash, and she would run with me. We'd go up in the mountains. I'd take her off the leash, and she would... But here's the thing. She would never wander off too far. She would always be watching me, always watching me, and all I'd have to do is either... or. And boom, she was right at my side, right at my, my side. And we went everywhere together. I mean, we went everywhere together. We would go, I'd throw, man, I'd throw the ball to, to her until my arm fell off. We'd sit by rivers. We'd sit by lakes. We just had a, Yogi and I just had a great time together. And I had a blast with her. And I believe she had a blast with me. In fact, she was at my first church. And I would go, anytime I'd go into church, she'd be laying down, waiting for me on the, on the outside, even during service. Everybody would have to get over Yogi, you see, as, as they went inside the, the, the service. But here's the, here's the thing, too, that um, I was able to take her places that I wasn't able to take Dakota. And it wasn't because I loved one more. And it wasn't because the others had, the, they had different opportunities. It was because one was obedient and one was listening to my voice and responded to my voice. And every single one of us in this room, every single one of us that's hearing us, is we're really more like Yogi or we're more like Dakota, we're either, we're either just kind of doing our own thing, and, and it's not the, and, and sometimes, here's what I want to say, I want to be like Yogi. I want to be that God, all he has to do is, all he has to do is this, and I'm just looking for everything that he's doing. I have my antennas up, just like Kristen does, I have my antennas up for, where is he taking me? What's he wanting to do? Where is he taking me to today? And you know what else is, I want us to be like Yogi. I want us to be a church that is always, I think one of the reasons God has blessed us so much is we've, we've tried to listen to his voice and be attentive to his voice, but I want me, I want you, I want us to be more like Yogi. If we can pray. God, thank you that you want to take us uh, to amazing places and you want to dance with us and you want to run with us and you want to take us beside still waters and you want to show us amazing things and you want to do incredible things with us. But God, we know that that means that we need to draw close to you and we need to listen to your voice and we need to be responsive to that. So that's what we want, Lord God. Help us to have a heart that trusts you. Help us to have a heart that, uh, that when, you, when you say go, we go, that's sensitive to your voice, that's sensitive to your whisper, that's sensitive even to your look, Lord God. That we're willing to jump in your arms and not be afraid. That we trust your heart, that you tr- we trust where you're gonna take us. God, help us to hear your voice better. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen.